Welcome back. Episode 10. So exciting that we got into 10 double digits. Now we're going to be on double digits for like 90 weeks. That's a long time. Better strap in. Triple digit episode is going to be pretty cool though in the future. Can't wait for that. Uh, every week I think to myself that I want to do a longer intro and thank everybody for listening and generally just interacting and caring with what I'm putting out there. And then I just go on forever during the main section of the podcast, and I don't have any time for intros without running really long on this thing. This week's no different. Uh, we talked for about an hour about the Falcon and Winter Soldier finale on Disney+, Plus, another Marvel episode, which is right in my wheelhouse, and hopefully you guys agree. Ethan from the 15 Minutes of Marvel podcast was nice enough to come on and talk through this whole series and episode with me, and we had a really good time. His podcast is awesome. He releases twice a week on Tuesdays and Fridays, all involving Marvel stuff and all held to 15 minutes per episode. It's super digestible and really nice listen without having to put in a ton of time, but he still manages to get a ton of content and cool guests in there. It's impressive, honestly. I could never do it. I need to blabber on for two hours before anyone knows what I'm even talking about. And I'm doing it again right now. So here we go. Without further ado, let's get right into the meat of it. Falcon and Winter Soldier finale. All right, Ethan, thanks for being here, man. Absolutely. I am I am stoked to be here, man. It's going to be really fun. I'm excited to talk to you. Uh, Ethan is the host of the 15 Minutes of Marvel podcast. I've been a fan. I've been listening to a bunch of episodes. I'm jealous that you only do 15 minutes like we just talked about off the air. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, but we're going to dive uh, pretty deep in this one. So you get a little different flair for you. Yeah, absolutely. 15 minutes is a challenge. You know, it's it's tough. There's a lot to cover in these Falcon and Winter Soldier episodes. And even outside of that, like Marvel in general, there's a lot to cover. And 15 minutes is a, is a good, solid challenge. So I'm stoked to be on your show to to talk about it more in depth because I have a lot of things to say. <laughs> yeah, good. Me too. Me too. I got pages of notes, man. <laughs> I nice. always do, but this one especially. Uh, Coming prepared. Uh, I guess I have a few things before we get into the actual episode, but uh, I guess right off the top, first of all, spoilers if you haven't watched it yet, but go watch it because it was worth it. I really enjoyed it. I guess surface level, did you like the episode? Yeah, absolutely. I liked the episode. I think it was really, really good. And I really do think it had that kind of final episode vibe. And I really like that a lot. Me too. I'm noticing a lot of things about what this TV streaming world is going to be compared to the movies. Mm -hmm. And I'm intrigued by it. I did a, an episode on WandaVision. Um, go listen to it and check it out if you haven't yet. And I noticed that this had some similar vibes to it, but I don't want to bury the lead. And I do want to ask, I've been listening to your podcast and I know that you ask people their favorite Marvel hero at the top. And I want to steal that because I'm curious what yours is. So who's your favorite that's, Marvel hero? That's good. That's good that you stole it. I can't believe I didn't come prepared for that because I feel like I got you. I, I feel like, yeah, you got this is a big got you moment. Uh, I feel like I, <laughs> I should have been prepared, man. I should have been prepared. Yeah, dude. Uh, look, you know, I got to say right now in the moment, my, my favorite is Spider-Man. Uh, just solely based on the fact that like, I feel like I relate the most to Spider-Man because he's trying to help out his neighborhood and he's a young guy and he's, he's, trying to deal with relationships and figure out if he likes somebody and like have best friends, but also like save the world, you know, uh, and go link up with Tony Stark in space. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's a good pick. I mean, he's definitely 
I think he's one of the more popular Marvel heroes over time, especially for our generation. But I really like these new Spider-Man movies because they're kind of coming of age movies and they happen to have a superhero in them as opposed to being a superhero teen story. Like like the Tobey Maguire one, he was like, it looked like he was 30 (laughs) in high school. It didn't make any sense, you know? (laughs) Yeah, totally. And yeah, I would say like, I have a, a an affinity, absolute like dear love for uh, Tobey Maguire, Forever the Goat, Spider Man. Yeah. Like you know, grew up with that. But I do like Tom Holland Spider Man the most. I feel like it it fleshes out that teen coming of age story far superior than than anything we've seen yet. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Um, my favorites are probably I love Cap. Honestly, Captain America is one of my favorites okay. only because he almost the same thing as Spider Man. He's the normal guy that Mm -hmm. wants to do the right thing as opposed to, you know, like Captain Marvel has all these insane powers and stuff. That's not Steve Rogers. That's he's just hand to hand, (laughs) never give up kind of guy. So this series was super, I was in on it. You know what I mean? Like I really wanted this to be good. Um, On the flip side, I also love Hulk. So I don't know how those two things go together. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You got your two opposite ends of the spectrum there. (laughs) Cover all your, all your bases. (laughs) For sure. For sure. That's the tag team I want. How did you feel about WandaVision before we get into this? And since that was the first, you know, quote unquote TV show version of this MCU run, uh, did you like that? Yeah, I, I really enjoyed WandaVision. I really like outside of the MCU, I'm a huge fan of any movies that like are, are basically like 100% like speculation and like mind effing, you know? So mm-hmm. like anything, like you're talking Vanilla Sky, Memento, anything okay. in that kind of realm uh is is really enjoyable to me and so i feel like wandavision kind of followed that vein of like everybody obviously including myself we're constantly trying to guess what's going to happen who is mephisto totally. when is agnes gonna like or when's agatha gonna reveal herself like yes. who is the mailman like all of these crazy <laughs> yeah, things yeah. and i thrived on that I, I really enjoyed that um i do think the mephisto discord around it did get a little cumbersome it got a little tired and, and I'm guilty of that as well. But that's kind of what the show built itself up for. And, and, and we obviously didn't see anything happen. I have a lot of thoughts on that. I'm glad you bring that up because <laughs> I, I said it a lot in my WandaVision episode. And I think it is coming true here too. And I wonder, we literally just watched the episode, full disclosure for all listeners. So this yeah. is immediate reaction. And I don't know how the world feels about this episode yet. So sure. we <laughs> might look like idiots or we might look like geniuses. <laughs> yeah. But I do find it interesting that there are, as the MCU grows and grows and grows, there's more and more fan theories behind it, mm-hmm. which to me is really fun. Like you mm-hmm. said, I love that, trying to theory craft and figure out where this is going. But I don't like that when that stuff doesn't happen, fans mm-hmm. are like mad for some reason yeah i guess that's that's where i was going as well is because listen and i and i preach that on my show as well i don't want to come across as like you know uh, this mean guy but i do think it's important that especially for this show too we manage our expectations right like if the mailman turned out to not be or if like you know ralph boner uh yeah, right. a, yes admittedly, admittedly definitely a disappointment but like ralph turned out to not be mephisto that doesn't mean the show sucks that just means that your fan theory didn't come true. Also, they do drop back doors in here for us. They mm-hmm. could go back to these stories mm-hmm. and make it make sense later. It's not necessarily a retcon, but they you can tell that they're dropping little pieces of info along the way so that if the story develops, great, we'll use it. And if it doesn't, then we don't have to go back to it. 
they definitely do it on purpose, right? They're, they're always planting. Uh, Marvel's always planting. Kevin Feige knows, knows what's going on. He's playing the long con, the long game. So WandaVision obviously gives us that opportunity as well. I, I think WandaVision was really fun. I liked the first couple episodes a lot more than other people liked them. I thought they were Same. incredibly enjoyable. Um, I never grew up on that stuff. I didn't watch Dick Van Dyke. Like, I don't, I don't know, but for mm-hmm. me, that was really enjoyable. And then the kind of like, you know, the culmination, same with Falcon and Winter Soldier, you get this big culmination at the end is really fun to watch with what's going to come next post credit scene. Love it. Yes, I'm with you. And, and I think they have to do some of this to lower the expectations a little bit because we were at Infinity War and Endgame was like, yeah. You pushed the throttle as far as it can go. We're redlining the MCU like yes. really hard. That's and it was great. Yeah, right. Exactly. They hit that button, man. And I loved every minute of it. But after that, you do have to temper expectations back down just so that you can beat them again later. Otherwise, you're just, what are you trying to beat Endgame with everything you put out? It's not going to be possible. Yeah, exactly. And it's an interesting situation going from, you mentioned Infinity War, Endgame, to WandaVision, right? Um, we were originally supposed to go to Black Widow, um, yes. would have been like the next thing. Um, and then Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to be the first D+. But you definitely have this, this group of MCU fans that were like, you know, Endgame is over. Tony's dead. Cap is gone. I'm good. Like, I'm good on the MCU. Like, I'll, I'm, yeah. I'm super solid. And so their level of engagement and uh, theory or anything like that is not where it was with Endgame. And I do think this these shows are an important reset for that, absolutely, to say, like, we know that this Infinity Saga is over. Uh, we still have so many more stories to tell. And so we're going to flesh out some really good character development to start that out, I think, is, is a, a great move by Marvel. Uh- I couldn't agree more. And I like that they're bringing it back down to street level. Like Mm -hmm. this series, it is weird because of the timeline of how it happened, but you can imagine if COVID didn't happen and none of the production issues happened, that we would have gone from Endgame, then taken a small break. Then the first thing would have been Black Widow, which is more hand-to-hand combat kind of bottle story. It's in the past, so it's not affecting the timeline. Then we would have gone to Falcon and Winter Soldier, which is more of just kind of its own story and street level thugs and stuff like that. And then we would have gone to WandaVision, which is opening up this a little bit more towards the cosmic thing. And then we're starting to build again. But unfortunately, it has come out of order a little bit, which probably feels weird to some casual fans, I guess. Yeah, totally. And I think it's an interesting and maybe we'll try to tackle it later uh, with Val coming into uh, or I I don't know if I'm allowed to call her Val. She doesn't like people calling her, but, you know, coming into, (laughs) you know, being the big cameo of episode five uh left definitely casual fans a little you know wondering like who yeah. who is this and what are we doing even fans such as you and I that that are more invested in marvel even so we were like okay wait well like what is this what does this mean and i just think it's it's an interesting kind of redirection of where marvel's heading and i i think it's a necessary one um that they that they have to take in order to build build out a whole another phase and then hopefully get some more, you know, cosmic stuff with Shang-Chi now that we see yes. the, we've got some 10 rings trailer. Yeah. Because we know that it's going to get insane again, quick, right? <laughs> like this street level stuff ain't going to last. This yeah. is what we're getting just to bridge the gap. It seems. And then we're going to go back to guardians and there's going to be a whole bunch of Loki's going to come out. That's going to be pretty wild. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to enjoy this because you don't get much of it anymore. It's like, yeah. I liked, um, did you watch the defenders on Netflix? No, I, I haven't. Uh-uh. 
I actually liked them for this exact reason that they were more like hand-to-hand combat. There's no aliens coming down to implode the earth kind of stuff. We know sure. the stakes and it can, you can still make a great show with lower stakes than infinity war or something like that. Yeah. And I do think things like that really lend itself more so to, to a better casual fan, right? They don't have to, they're not constantly saying like, you know, like at the end of WandaVision, we find out that, that one of the, uh, sword, sword kind of employees is a, mm. is a scroll, right? right? Like a casual fan is not going to be like, Oh my God, who could she be a scroll? Like I've even seen people say like, Oh, was she, is Sharon a scroll? Like Sharon Carter could be a scroll. Yeah, like yeah. that has got to be so far from the mind of like a casual viewer. And so this kind of street level hand to hand Bucky and Sam buddy cop mm-hmm. is perfect for that. Cause someone can get really involved and not have to worry about, Oh yeah. Shit. Like there's aliens in outer space. Yeah, exactly. You start to forget. Yeah. Which is exactly the reset that we were talking about. Uh, I want to use that scroll comment as a little bit of a jumping off point because one of the notes I wrote down was uh, if they have this face mask tech from this episode that Uh Natasha actually used in Captain America Winter Soldier. Uh-huh. Uh, which was a cool callback. D- is this putting the scrolls out of business, man? Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. If As... anyone can just be anybody, then why do we even need them around? Interesting that you mentioned that. I brought that up in my episode as well. That nice. this, uh, this kind of face, like changing tech, how how like uh, flush it is on on her skin and like how high tech it is. Uh, I don't know if you've seen Agents of Shield. Yes. Seen... Okay. Fan. Yeah. Huge huge callback to Agents of Shield when. Uh, agent uh oh man i i can't remember her name um but she essentially steals may's face and and you've got like may fighting may right right Uh, exactly that was the first thing that i thought of and i was like okay look a we need to bring agents of shield into the mc like we need them so bad such an underrated show man it didn't get enough love i wish so yeah so underrated uh bring bring fits into the mcu but yes yeah you know Anybody, anybody could be anybody. I guess that's part of the fun moving into the phase four, right? Like yeah. anybody could be wearing this tech and anybody could be a scroll. Um, I guess, yeah, anything's possible, and, man. And also it might, if they do some reveals later down the road, it might make these a little different to watch because the same thing mm-hmm. with Captain Marvel or that was in Captain Marvel, right? Where they were, where Nick Fury wasn't actually Nick Fury. Yeah, Talos and turns out to be Nick, yeah. Exactly. And so if you go back and watch that movie now for a second time, it's different. It's a different movie, basically, because you have such a different perspective knowing already that it's not actually him. Absolutely. And yeah, I, think I wonder that, if they're going to continue that. Yeah, I think that really lends itself to Marvel stepping up their game in terms of like, rewatchability and not just because it's a superhero movie but because it's something you can dissect and go back and say like oh wait Talos was acting out of self-interest uh or or Nick you know Nick was acting out of certain interests instead of um you know x y and z but yeah I love that reveal for Sharon I thought that was super cool uh I initially I was like wait who like a who is this guy and who is it, you know, like, who is this going to turn out to be in the MCU? Is this going to be some big, like, extra cameo that we didn't see coming? Is this going to be somebody, somebody new? Uh, and then she rips that off. And I was like, yo, like, that's, uh, you know, it's Sharon. All right, cool. Love it. It was a perfect way to just, there's no questions of why she got here or how, what oh, the plane yeah. ride was like, who cares? So just skip here. She yeah. rips the mask off and now we're, we're in it. You know, we know that this is about to go. And I liked it that in this episode, they didn't waste any time 
right from yeah. the top. I guess uh, most of my notes are in chronological order. So we'll go from the beginning and just work our way through. Yeah. But yeah, I like how there was no time wasted. Although it did feel a little silly that at the end of episode five, there was this goodbye moment between Sam and Bucky. And I was like, oh, I wonder <laughs> why they did that. And then they're in New York and they're together right away. I guess it was just a heartfelt yeah. moment to have them be friends, but. And I was thinking too of that that moment of like, oh, hmm, interesting. Like maybe we don't get Bucky in the final episode. Same. Maybe we don't see him involved at all. Like maybe this is maybe this is his storyline, and and right. we save any future growth for a future project or anything like that. Um, yeah, I did think that was that was a bit interesting. But six episodes, you've got to move. You got to move pretty quick, right? And there's certain oh, yeah. things that you're gonna pass up. Would you have preferred, you know, another episode or maybe nine episodes like Wandavision? You know, these episodes were a little bit longer than WandaVision. I didn't do the math, but I would imagine that time-wise, they were relatively mm -hmm. similar to one another. And um, no, honestly, I, I think it's fine. Every one of these episodes felt like there was a reason for having it. And I do think that if you're just adding episodes to add episodes, I would probably like them, but they would drag more than they did right now. Yeah. So I'm okay with them kind of just telling their story the way they tell it. And also... We're going to get so much content coming with Disney Plus and the movies and all this stuff. There will be no shortage of things to watch. So I'm yeah. kind of okay with it. What about you? Yeah, I think six is good. Uh, possible seven would have been cool. Uh, and we'll talk, I'm sure we'll talk about, you know, oh, some yeah. stuff later in the, in the show. But I do think if you move it past that and you start reaching for like nine, just for a number's sake, uh, mm -hmm. John Walker gets a little tired. Um, totally. You know, this, this, Sam turning to potentially Cap gets a little tired. Like it just feels a little dragged for sure. Yeah, um, either that or they would have had to push those stories out further and just added more filler. And you're like, I get it. We can move on. Yeah. Um, so I'd rather always leave someone wanting more than having too much, I think. Yeah, absolutely. How do you feel about the suit? Let's just jump right to that. Suit, loved it. Love to see it. I was super hyped when he showed up. Uh, I haven't read any of the comics that mm -hmm. in which Sam is is Captain America, but as far as I'm aware, that suit is basically straight comic to screen, Yeah, pretty right? much. I, I Pretty much. It's a lot lighter. It's like white, okay. which is totally different from how Steve's always looked. So they don't have yeah. this, not that you're going to mix them up, but <laughs> you don't. Yeah. You, he deserves his own type of suit. And this suit, I loved it because... It was like a mix between Cap and Falcon and a little bit, I felt like Iron Man was in there a little yeah. bit too with the boosters and the Wakandan tech, the new yeah. Red Wing. It was all really cool. Yeah, it was super sick. I loved seeing him show up and I love the fact that last time we saw Sam, he opened the box, right? What's in the mm. box? We don't know. We can only assume it's a suit, which that's a wonderful way to leave episode five because- exactly. Instead of seeing it, we get to spend an entire week saying, I think like I think the suit's in the box, but what if it's not? What's it going to look like? What could it be? What's his reaction? And the first thing that we see is Sam just, just bombs into that building in that suit. We don't see his reaction. We don't see him take it out. We don't see what his sister has to say about it. Anything surrounding the suit, we just get Sam's cap. Action. All of a sudden, bang, right into it. And I thought that was an awesome way to introduce him right in your face. There's no question about it. This is the new cap. Same. I, I loved that. And it goes back to what you're saying about like not adding more episodes because they would have had to drag that out. 
you would have had all these reaction shots. They're cool, I guess. But this way was just better. You didn't have to wait for it. He dive bombs through the window and he's capped. We know he's going to be capped. This isn't a surprise. So give it to us right mm -hmm. away and get the satisfaction. And then we get a full hour of him as cap, as opposed to them just revealing it towards the end of the episode as this climax, you know? Absolutely. I also liked that they, they had some cool like fight moves ready for him with the new suit. There was one part where he landed on a bridge with a guy and like yeah. used a turtle shell with the wings and the shield over his head. Yeah, I that's like, what that I was that, cool. That's what I was going to say. That was my all time favorite move that he pulled in the episode when totally. he did that. And like, yes, yeah, stuck his wings. Also, when he's fighting Carly and she's trying to push him back and he sticks his wings in the ground yes. and is like, yo, I'm not going to fight you. I was like, that's so sick. Like, that is so, so cool. cool. That we uh. finally get to see Cap's shield link up with the Falcon wings and like how you can use that and like, yeah, build yourself a freaking shell. That was super tight. Totally good. Yeah. He, it finally feels like, not that he wasn't a superhero before, yeah. but now it feels like he has this big identity yeah. and a lot of different things over the years getting, we add them up and add them up and they're building blocks to him being this really tough guy now because- yeah, he's, he's maybe he's not a super soldier, but neither was Tony Stark, and his suit did mm -hmm. a lot of the work. And that's what new Cap is going to be, it seems. So I'm really intrigued to see where they go with that. And like I said, I liked the the new Red Wing, how he was able to like break it into two pieces, kinda, and uh, yeah. use it as boosters. They they had like a lot of cool stuff ready for us for just one episode with him having the suit. Yeah, and it, like the season as a whole, I'm so surprised at all of the really cool moments we saw that Sam Sam Pole with his suit in like every single episode I feel like at least from like episode four five six I was always mentioning like oh this was a really cool move that Sam pulled anytime he uses his his thrusters to like inch his way forward or like push somebody or whatever I thought that was super sick uh yeah lots of cool new moves how about the opening scene of the whole series was him flying around taking out helicopters and killing terrorists and I'm like yeah what first of all wow this is more <laughs> violent than I expected but cool and yeah. second of all, they really brought like big budget right off the bat in that first scene to make you go like, okay, this is going to be pretty sick. We're going to have some serious fight scenes. Yeah, for sure. And I think that really set the tone of the show as a whole of this is not a dumbed down streaming show. No. Falcon can still do the same exact things if you're watching him at home versus if you're watching him on, on an IMAX screen. Totally. I I'm with that. And also I felt that a theme throughout this whole series was... This was the most comic booky of yeah. all the things that I've watched. It felt like you were reading a comic and you could almost see the text bubbles at certain points. Sure. And it was just on the screen. Whereas some of the other ones, I don't know if they try to feel more realistic. That's a weird way to put it when we're talking about cosmic alien wars. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, this one felt like campy is a good word. It yeah. kind of, it kept that vibe consistently and it never tried to be something that it wasn't. Exactly. So even when, you know, I have a couple of gripes, I guess, to be fair, like sometimes it felt inconsistent when the super soldiers would either smash someone and they would die or they would just get right back up after. Yeah. <laughs> you can get lost in some of that. But if you think of it like a comic book, you're kind of like, well, this is just what happens. This is mm -hmm. how it goes. And it's not supposed to be almost like it was an animated thing brought to life. Yeah. And I like that. I really do like that. Now that you mention it, it does. It does feel that way. And I think. That was obviously done on purpose. I think that's kind of where Marvel Studios wanted to go with this. But I think 
part of, for me, part of the reason it felt like that was due to the Flag Smashers. The Flag Smashers felt like a comic book antagonist, right? Where they, they're not the big baddie, but they're someone in the way that leads to greater information that someone who's leading that Carly Morgenthau has a passion, something she's tied to. And like, we have to go on this little side quest in order to get more information or, or move past that. And it just, yes. yeah, it feels like a six issue run of Falcon winter soldier take on the flying smashers. Right. Uh, we get tons of stuff in the middle, but that's what it felt like. And that's what it's supposed to be. I'm okay with these series on Disney plus being not necessarily all of them have to be this plot moving thing. It mm-hmm. can just be its own side story to get some background on the characters that don't get to shine in the Avengers movies yep. or, you know, WandaVision, same thing. Like, yes, it, I guess it progressed the lore of the show to their characters, but in the larger MCU, we don't even know that it moved anything forward. And that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's an issue with any of that and any of these series just being kind of self-containing and just entertaining for the fact of being entertaining. Yeah. Um, how did you agree. feel about, George St. Pierre as Beltra coming back. I listen, I I guess um, you know, I was kind of indifferent. I don't yeah. really know. I was Are you not... a fan of UFC? No. So okay. th- maybe that's my problem. I, I didn't I, really feel a connection, I guess. I thought it was cool just to see him come back that they were able to pluck a character from an older movie and just make yep. it make sense here. Uh also I did think that having someone who is trained in martial arts, his fight scenes were really noticeably good to me. And I'm not a fan of a lot of fight scenes that have a million camera cuts to hide how bad the action actually is. It's just jarring and really annoying to watch. But with him, noticeably in his fight with Sam in this episode, it really was just a wide shot and they were just doing all the stuff. And it looks so clean and nice. So he added something that they wouldn't have had without someone of his caliber. Sure. Yeah, it looked really fluid to me. You know, absolutely agree with that. I think uh, he was cool. He was uh, in a good character to to call back. I thought that was pretty cool. But like uh, for me, I guess I've never been attached to him. So I didn't really like view it as this kind of big deal. And like, I don't want UFC. I did think it was interesting to bring in an additional person to say like to have another kind of like friction or tension uh, between two more characters where he was trying to go after Sam Mm -hmm. thought that was an interesting play as well. And it did give us a cool fight scene. But other than that, like Sam dipped and it was like, he was like deuces, man, like see you later. And then, and then he dies. So there's that. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, part of me is like, I'm always watching like, well, why don't they just shoot him? And sure. then in this one, they kind of <laughs> did. did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I'm okay with we that. Got it. Like, <laughs> like the street level thug guy should just get shot and die. This is how it should go. Um, let's talk about Walker because mm-hmm. I think they did a masterful job of getting everyone to hate him right off the bat. That first shot of him looking oh, yeah. so cheesy, man, it's hard to make something look cheesy on purpose and get the exact reaction that you want it to get. Yep. And they couldn't have it. done any better. Everyone hated him right away. Yeah. From, from episode one, guys on the screen for like five seconds. And, yeah. and people are like, this is the worst. This guy is the <laughs> yeah. worst. Get him out of here. I know. And, I know. and that's exactly what they wanted. Uh, obviously, there is, there is a, a stark line between um, playing a character that, that is meant to be hateable and then people actually hating a person for playing a character that's meant to be hateable, which is 
obtuse and 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 absolutely incredibly ridiculous. Um, yes, that should never be something people do. Wyatt Russell, phenomenal actor. He played John Walker to an extent of which, like, I didn't think that character could get that good. Like, I didn't think we could be that emotionally invested in John Walker. Yet here we are saying like he's the worst, but I'm also so glad that he is going going to be in the future and like is part of this show he was a massive storyline device that if you don't get someone Wyatt Russell's caliber it doesn't play at all the way you want it to play couldn't agree more the writing and the combination of the writing and the acting was Mm -hmm. supreme I mean it's hard to even introduce new characters at all at this stage in the game when we're 25 movies and shows deep and yet it felt super seamless and even by the end, seeing him in the suit, you're like, yeah, this kind of fits. He starts to grow the beard out a little bit. And you're like, okay, I, I could watch more of this guy. And we definitely will now that we've seen him in the U.S. agent suit. That was cool. Mm-hmm. I like that scene a lot. That was uh, sick. And I love the fact yeah. that when he he continues to be hateable, he continues to go down this U.S. agent route because this episode, we kind of see him like link with Bucky, which I kind of had a, had a gripe with of like, Oh wait, he just murdered somebody, and now like him and Bucky are looking for Carly. Oh, same. Like, Talk I more about that because I, I, I don't I like felt that. The same way, yeah. But if we see him with Val, and Val says, "Look, they're not going to be looking for a Captain America. They're going to be wanting a, a U.S. agent." And she walks out of the room, and what does Walker do? He pumps his fist and he says, "I'm back, baby. I'm back. I'm back." And that yeah. is such a freaking John Walker thing to do, where you're like this guy is a piece of shit. This is terrible. He still thinks it's all about him. He still thinks that he is going to carry a mantle that people care about, which is incredible character writing. I did feel the same way about the moment that I felt it was when he went to save the truck from falling off the thing. And I was like, this switch was a little too fast. We needed one more scene in there to have something happen to make him go back and be good. But Mm -hmm. on the flip side of it, that did pay off in the scene you're talking about where he's celebrating after getting the new suit and thinking he's part of this good thing because we do get him feeling like he's a good guy, but we do also know that if Val turns out to be Madam Hydra, which a lot of people think that she's going to be. Fingers crossed. I think she will be uh, because they wouldn't get an actress of Julia Louis-Dreyfus's caliber to play two episodes of this streaming show. So she's going to have something serious coming. (laughs) And, um, if Walker ends up being this hired gun for Hydra, but he thinks he's doing good and he's the good guy, that sets up some really cool things in the future for, he could go either way. He could be this anti-hero. Mm-hmm. He could be a straight up villain. And then eventually he could break out of that whole thing and become a hero. So you could tell they're restarting an arc here. Yeah. And uh, I'm intrigued to see where it goes. I hope Wyatt Russell stays. Yeah, absolutely. It's super interesting too, because the way his character is written and the way it, it pertains to commentary in, in real world situations, et cetera, is that he's in the wrong, but he has the right people gassing him up mm-hmm. saying that he, he is in the right. So when you say, uh, you know, if he goes down this path and, and thinks that he's doing just, and because Madam Hydra or Victoria hand or, Thaddeus Ross or somebody is telling him that he is, that's all he needs to know to go down that path, which is so intriguing. And yeah, I love this reboot of now we've, we've seen John Walker turn us agent and maybe, maybe we're getting Thunderbolts in the future, dark Avengers. So 
I know we're going to end up jumping around all over the place, but let's just jump right to that because mm. I don't know that this will be the case, but I assume there will be a subsect of fans who are disappointed that we didn't get some of these fan theories coming together on the screen right now. Uh, Thunderbolts definitely being one of them. We knew Zemo was going to go to the raft. It seems like they're setting up for people that don't know Thunderbolts are kind of Marvel suicide squad, a group of anti-heroes for sure. With Zemo leading, I believe. Yes. Uh, in, In definitely some runs, he is leading it. And it seems like they're building towards that. And we didn't get any of it, which I'm okay with all that kind of stuff because just the fact that they were able to put that into our heads is enough. And now if we get it eventually, it will still have the same payoff, whether it happens in episode six of this series or it happens in three years in a different series, the feeling is still the same. And making people wait for it is fine because we know there's so much content coming. They're not going to leave us hanging here. We're going to get tons of stuff. So I'm okay with them not specifically having to show it right now. Yeah, I do think the payoff is going to be the same in three, five, seven years, whatever it may be, versus now. I think this show had an incredible amount of payoffs as it was, and we we need to take those in stride and and not move so heavily and fast like forward, which I think we're doing a good job of, and I, and I like that. I do think it's interesting that we get that final car bombing, and then we mm-hmm. get the shot of Zemo in the jail cell yeah. listening to that on the radio, and him kind of smirking and like laying back on his bed he's definitely he's he's involved with something right he's he's in it with with uh val he's in it with uh whoever that might be and it gives us more reason to speculate it gives us more things to be interested in and to continue to talk about which is the whole whole point of a lot of this is. is like we didn't see thaddeus ross but we kind of know that he has to be up to something. He has to be involved in this somehow, right? Which means they told us enough to get it into our heads, which is all that really matters. We don't need to see everything happen on the screen right away. All they're doing is planting little seeds. The same thing, jumping around again, but the Patriot story that everyone expected and the Young Avengers build and all this kind of stuff with Isaiah's uh, grandson, I think he is. For those that don't read the comics, his grandson, Elijah becomes Patriot eventually. And I believe he does that through taking this um, mutant growth hormone stuff in the comics, which can bring mutants into the fold and really uh, tie the young Avengers together with Wiccan and Speed from WandaVision, her kids, Kate Bishop from the upcoming Hawkeye show on Disney+. Plus. There's a few other ones, but I like that they're building it really slowly. We don't have to get it now. Let this be about what it's about which is Sam becoming Captain America and Bucky getting past his past. Totally agree. And I do, I do, I would have liked even like a literal nod from like Sam to Eli saying like, hey, we've recognized Isaiah and, and we've done this for him. I'm the new Cap. Just give him a little nod to like, maybe like this sliver yeah. of a seed in his mind to say like, maybe I can be something one day. Like maybe I can do that. Although we didn't get that, I think, I think it's fine that we didn't get that it is interesting knowing that that we are going to get this big lead up to two young avengers and yeah i think the show being what the show is is important i think it's important to stick to that storyline i think probably somewhere on the editing room floor there was a scene where they're looking at the statue of isaiah and elijah just kind of lingers on it for a little while and they mm-hmm. have his face look at it but also that would have probably felt cheesy and sure. so if we're already talking about it now, 
then they already did the work and it's fine. Um, So yeah, I I could have used that scene too. It would have been kind of cool, but we know that it's coming. So I'm going to choose to be patient. Another scene I really liked was when Carly and Sam, I don't know what to call him anymore. With Sam Cap? Yeah. Is that a thing? Sam, yeah, Sam Cap. That's his new yeah. name. I, li- I like yeah. that a lot. <laughs> um, when she, he's not fighting her, and he, like you said before, with the wings, he plants him in the ground and he's just yeah. holding his ground. And she says, stay down. And he stands up and says, no. And it just felt like that was Steve Rogers embodied in that moment. Like a perfect nod to like, he'll never give up. It doesn't matter if he's outmatched. It really was. And that scene to me was packed with so much emotion from Carly. And that actress, I, I, I can't call her name off the top of my hand, but Same, she's yeah. phenomenal. She's Enfys Nest in Rogue One. She's excellent in that as well. Yes. The fact that she is driven by so much emotion to, for start, be willing to die for her cause, which, which is, you know, where, is not abnormal for something of that caliber. But then for her to know, to kind of take this turn when fighting Sam and realize this probably wasn't the right direction to take the flag smashers this is Mm -hmm. something that i might have messed up and this is something that might have gone wrong but she's so deep in it now that she she has to stick to it and she has to do it and when she does say stay down stay down i was like oh my like damn this is intense she is is so tied to this and yeah, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't hoping that Sam would say I can do this all day. That would have been the worst. <laughs> a little too but, much. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the fact that he says, he says what he says is, yeah. is awesome. It's his own version. And even though he doesn't have the super soldier serum, he knows that, yeah, he can keep going. He will he, do whatever it takes. He's got the Wakandan tech, baby. He's fine. Yeah, man. That's all you <laughs> really <need>. good. Uh, <laughs> I want to speed through some of the rest of the episode because I have stuff I want to talk about after. But yeah. the, when Falcon, did the slow descent landing with his wings out holding Carly's body. I just thought Angelic. that was, it was the shot of the series for sure. It looked beautiful and it's walked him right into the speech that he gave to everybody on TV and cameras and all this stuff, which I think purposely felt over the top and campy, like I'm saying. But again, during that scene, I literally could see how a comic book would have handled that exact speech with the different panels of everybody watching him and having their reactions to it and not needing to have a scene with him explaining to everyone what happened, but instead just having his voice be the voiceover for this little montage section uh, saved a lot of time and allowed us to be able to see different things. And I just really liked how it instilled that a thing I've been saying all along, this show didn't really have a villain per se. I mean, I guess Carly kind of, and the Flag Smashers a little bit, but the whole point was... Sam's journey to understanding that there's just two sides of the coin and they're not necessarily more of a villain than the government. And then you could see on Bucky's face that he was so proud that Sam was able to make this speech and really hold the Captain America mantle during it. And it just felt like nodding to the fans that this was all about internal struggle, this whole series. It wasn't about this terrorist organization and fighting them. Although those were some of the cool scenes. Yeah. It really moved each individual character forward on an inward path. Totally agree. I think this show was designed for Sam's journey. This was, this was about Sam's journey. Yes. We got to see Bucky uh, start to amend instead of avenge, Mm -hmm. which, which is excellent. I love that storyline too, but that scene in and of itself as a whole, that monologue that Sam takes is so beautiful and so well constructed 
he has tact. He is clear. He's concise. He says exactly what he's trying to say. And yeah, he doesn't say you're the bad guy. You are the government. You suck. He says, listen, you got to experience what it's like to be on that other side of the coin. You got to put yourself in the shoes of what it feels like to be helpless, which is what millions of people feel like on a daily basis. And I know that there are problems and the fact that he's not a government ordained Falcon or a government ordained cap, right? I feel like that plays a huge mm-hmm. role into things. Totally. He go he he says that I can feel that there are millions of people looking at me hating the fact that I'm cap and I'm a black man that I am Captain America, which is real in the MCU. It's probably real in the real world. Mm-hmm. And that whole monologue is chef's kiss it was wonderful and then the, the way to, to end it with bucky saying you know all i heard is is that i'm a uh, black captain america <laughs> blah, blah. Stars and stripes, well, yeah. hilarious yeah that's so yeah. great and their relationship is so is summed up in just so perfectly in the one sentence that bucky says that's their relationship it couldn't have been better they really yeah. elevated these two relationship and it felt like i can't remember which movie it was from but the scene when they're in the car and he won't move the seat up the first sure. time they redid yeah. it in this, but then the first one, it was like, oh, these two are funny together. And it feels like someone went, wait, we can do, we can do something with this. And yeah. they expanded it to its own whole show, which I really love. Have you seen, uh, there's a, there's a video circulating Twitter of, of a fan asking at some kind of fan event, like, Hey, when are we getting a Sam and Bucky storyline? And like the camera zooms in on Kevin Feige's face and like it lights up and you can tell he just has like a, a green light moment. Who knows if that was the moment that he was like, oh yeah, we should maybe. <laughs> yeah. People want this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, how did you feel about another scene that I really liked that I'm glad they went back to thankfully, because it really closed up Bucky's story yeah. with uh, Yori, the older Asian man. It was quick. It was fast. It was emotional, but I think that played into the same type of storytelling that we get when we don't see abc spelled out with how sam reacted to getting his suit we also don't see it spelled out with how bucky and yori handle the news we just we just know that bucky makes amends and that's enough for us to know that he's on the right path he's doing the right things we know that that conversation was obviously emotional it obviously had more to it than what we got to see on the screen but i think it's better that way i think the story is better told not so pinpoint but more vague to tackle a conversation like that. And then the closing, when we get to see Yori in the bar uh, taking a shot, I think that, yeah, I think that tells it and says it that awesome. Both of our characters have that weight off their shoulder. We don't have to worry about that anymore. It felt very um, Hemingway-esque in that they cut all the fat out of these scenes. They they only gave you what you needed to get the right feeling that Bucky is making amends, but he's not going to get forgived. And he knows that. And that's not the point. It's for him to feel better about moving forward and being honest with things. And you got everything you needed out of it in a 30 second scene, which I thought was really cool. And, but I am glad that they tied it up. Uh, Another quick couple notes, Isaiah Bradley, the actor was Carl Lumbly. Okay. Unbelievable job. I could. So I haven't good. really seen him in much. My friend TJ, who I did my last episode with, go listen to episode nine if you haven't. He loves the movie Doctor Sleep, which I haven't seen. Uh, I don't know if you have. No, I haven't seen yeah. it. I know Carl Ewan, Lumbly, Ewan McGregor's in it. Oh, okay. yeah, he's from that. So I want to go watch him in something else because I feel like he did a great job, even not being on screen that much. 
Yeah, he crushed it like the the three scenes that he had or whatever. Yeah. And every scene with him is that emotional. Like it's that totally. heavy. He didn't get like a, just a standard scene of just like being normal. Everything was tied to some sort of like really deep emotion. And for him to convey that and for him, us to be able to watch that final scene of him getting a statue and a slot at the museum and saying, this matters, I'm connected to this character even though we've seen him for maybe three minutes, that's humongous because that's incredible character story writing right there. Agreed. I think they did a really good job with him as a whole, not overdoing it, but also not underplaying that whole sub storyline. Mm-hmm. I do wonder, this series feels more rooted in our actual reality than any other Marvel property so far yeah. because of some of this racism, governmental driven stuff. And I like that. And I also wonder in 30 years going to look back at all of these different things, if this one will actually stand out a little more because it was a bit of a period piece of what we're really going through in the U.S. right now. Yeah, it's definitely a period piece in disguise. Like, I don't think I think there's a lot of conversation around does, you know, is this is this necessary? Does it have to be? this do you have to talk about these things and it's yes yes we do because that's that's the world we're living in and these are the real problems that people are facing and yeah in 30 years when i go back and i say yeah man i totally remember that show that the falcon and the Winter soldier i remember watching that finale and i remember being emotional about it because i was living it because that is actually what i am what i am seeing happen every single day I think it does to me, like takes it up that extra notch versus a WandaVision, which is just a fun, a fun ride, right? Totally. Like, I think it has that extra connection. I do too. And they didn't do too much of it where it felt like too on the nose where you're like, all right, relax. We're watching a comic book thing. But mm-hmm. there was just enough of it to make you realize it was there at all times. Uh, another thing that I really liked in the same vein was the little Cajun flair that this show had also yeah. in the scenes where it was like, working on the boat or the family parties with Sam's sister and stuff. And the music was really cool during all of those scenes. Yeah. Uh, it Uncle Bucky like- is the best. I love yeah, Uncle Bucky. Dude. Oh man. When he's holding up the arm and the kids yeah. are hanging on at the end. That was so rad. I was like, yeah, that's putting the vibranium arm to good use right there. And it was the first time that he's ever had an emotional connection with anyone ever that we've seen, which yeah. is really cool. And it's no surprise to- that it, that it comes after his closure with Yori. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. Couldn't agree more. That whole little wrinkle that they gave us really elevated the whole entire thing. One of the things that I didn't love about WandaVision was that there wasn't a lot of music involved or scores or themes, it seemed. And in this, we got a lot of them. One of my favorite scenes in the whole series was when he had to fake being the Winter Soldier again. And that was so cool because you just got to see him do that again, first of all. And they made sure to play the theme from Winter Soldier during that kind of stuff. That stuff gets yeah. me. I love how they did that. Written really well. And especially that episode when they go to Madripoor, the music slapped. That was dynamite. Yes. They, they they did a good job with, with all of that. Big time. Uh, I also liked Bucky doing the Captain America dismount off of the motorcycle. Yeah. To the tackle. <laughs> that was a cool little nod. Yeah, that was, was cool. Little things that they added up and added up. And every episode, you got another little thing that you're like, oh, yeah, I love that. What about Sharon as the power broker? Not exactly a surprise, but it was a surprise that people don't know, even in the series. It yeah, remains a mystery. I, I've got to, I've got to stick my token for Boo. I don't like that. I yeah. don't like that Sharon's the power broker. I, I kind of been saying this for a while now. To me, it was just, it kind of feels like not really a cop out, but it just feels like the easy answer. 
Sharon's a power broker. She's been here all along. Like that's just, just is what it is. I felt like the storyline moved on from that pretty quickly. We, we realized like she is the power broker and then like, it just doesn't matter. Like we just move on. So possibly I I'm of the thinking that I don't think the power broker Sharon matters as much as we think it matters. I think she's just a pawn in this larger phase four, phase five storyline with Val Hydra, potentially something like that. I think she's just a measuring piece to move the story forward. And I'm not saying she's done. Like she's going to be in something else because now she's agent Carter working for the government. Right. right. And I just think it's odd to me that, that it didn't get out. Carly knew that she was the power broker. Why didn't Carly use that as a bargaining chip for her and blackmail her or something? Because Carly turned on her and knew she was the power broker. Why don't you use that information to get what you want or get more super soldier serum? Yeah, Yeah. or tell Sam. And like Sam and Bucky don't know, which is another big problem that I have is is they were directly integrated into this power broker storyline for at least an entire episode going to Madripoor. And they just don't know who the power broker is. Yeah, but also, yeah, I feel that. I mean, that's a fair criticism, but also I'm okay with them not tying up everything neatly in a yeah. bow because there's more of this to come. This this sure. isn't the end of the story. And it seems like they're realizing that more and more that we're never going to close up every story neatly. Let's just leave some of it for the future. And these are just breadcrumbs. And we'll look back at it like, oh yeah, the power broker did start in this, but it finished X, Y, and Z. Sure. So, you know, I think it's it, one of the, I think it's one of the situations you mentioned, like with a Captain Marvel, we're going to go back and we're going to look and be like, oh, yes. Now like, it makes sense. Now yeah. it makes sense. why so she was the power broker right now. I'm not a fan. I thought it would have been cool if it was obviously, you know, someone bigger as Zola or, or something, or, or even someone like off screen that we just like, don't figure out who the power broker is. I thought that mm-hmm. would have kind of played pretty well too, but I do think it's interesting that we, we get the, the post-credit scene that we do and who is she talking to on the phone? I don't know. I think that exactly. plays a large role into it as well. Exactly. There still is the little bit of what if it's this? What if it's that? You know, I'm okay with yep. all that. The last thing, the, the title sequence at the end was really so good. sick, dude. So just to so see the cool. words Captain America, I was like, yeah. that had a bigger impact on me than I thought it would. Absolutely. And you know, I I look at every episode and I try to say like, wow, they put this much stuff before we got the title card. I think that mm-hmm. plays a lot into like, I guess my, my mentality of like how I watch the show because I'm thinking like as I'm watching this episode, I'm thinking, wow, we're getting, we're getting this entire evac scene. We're getting this helicopter scene. We're getting all of this before we get a title card. Like that's kind of a big deal because like, this is just an intro to the show. Yes. And then we get the title card at the very end that says Captain America and the Winter Soldier. And I shot up out of my chair and I just like started pumping my fist. And I was <laughs> yeah, like, let's go. This is amazing. I'm like, get me, get me on the Zoom, hit the record button. Yeah. I'm ready to rock. Let's, <laughs> let's talk. Go. Let's go. Let's go. Yeah, that yeah, played, yeah. it played so well. And that was such a smart writing decision from, from Malcolm and the team. And, and to be able to, to make that have an impact when just those words appear on the screen is insane really good. I, part of me did wish after the fact that Bucky could shed that winter soldier sure. name. I wish it was like Captain America and the White Wolf or something, but that they couldn't cool. go far enough down the road of the Wakanda thing yet. Um, maybe in the future, if we get a season two, which yeah. I want to talk about, we've pretty much wrapped up most of the things about the episode, but I wonder how they're going to handle these series in general. A lot of people are talking yeah. about whether or not there will be a season two for this. And I am of the opinion that I don't think they need to necessarily market it the same way. I think it can be any show where any of these characters drop in and out based on the storyline. 
I don't think we need a uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier scene season two necessarily, but if there was a show about Madripoor and they had to show up in it and played real roles, sure, it's fine. I don't know if you need WandaVision season two. I think you can still have some kind of vision storyline in another show. So I yep. wonder if this is going to be kind of a new model that Marvel is going to use now that they have access to the streaming ability. Yeah, I think that's an interesting question because I do feel like a season two, it sounds like it could happen. It sounds like it's a possibility from what we've seen in, in the post-credit, what we know with US Agent. Do I want a season two? No, I think one season of this, it's a one shot. I think that's what makes it so enjoyable is that we knew we were only getting six episodes of this and that's part of the fun of this buddy cop thing. And that's what makes it unique, right? We don't, we're not getting like an additional you know, replay of, of the same storyline with more of a focus on Bucky or something like that. Like that can be flushed out in another project for sure. Totally. And, and what we see with WandaVision, we know Wanda is going to be in Multiverse of Madness. We know like that's where that's headed. This could be headed to, to some other type of movie, Anything. Um, something like that as well. And I think with Loki, we've got an entire different situation on our hands. Loki is way more standalone way more focused on strictly Loki. So I could definitely see a season two, three, whatever with, with that show. I just don't want them to feel locked into this old school TV model when mm -hmm. this isn't the world that we live in anymore. We can do these mini series and have the same actors and the same characters appear in all different kinds of stuff. And they've already proven that. So honestly, yeah. I just trust them to do anything at this point. Just give me whatever you want. Yeah, totally. And it's it's a interesting quandary for Marvel Studios. I feel like if you're Kevin Feige, you really got to got to figure out what the plan is because you don't want to make these shows so necessary to the movies because you're going to have casual fans that are exactly. sticking only to movies, right? And the occasional nod for like a Black Widow, apparently we were supposed to see Val show up in Black Widow. Does that throw a lot of people out of the loop of I don't care about MCU anymore because I'm not understanding what's happening because I don't watch Disney plus. Cause I know well, there's a lot of people that don't. So I don't know. We don't necessarily know that they're going to stick to that kind of model for the first two series with WandaVision and this, it does feel like you can kind of leave the movies as the movies and the shows as the shows, but I hope they're all a little more connected than that because mm -hmm. in a perfect world, they would find a way to make it pay off for the people that did watch the show without alienating the people that didn't watch the show. But yep. that's going to get harder and harder and harder as there's more and more of these shows. And, you know, it, yeah. it's a, like you said, it's a really hard decision for them, but I trust them to make it in the right way and figure this whole thing out and move plots forward with the shows, but really yeah. take giant leaps with the movies. I guess that's probably what they're going to start doing. Sure. I think it's a necessary uh, evil. I think, I think the post-credit scene for this would play so much better in a movie than it would in like a season two. Yeah. Uh, that, that's just, that's just how I feel. I just want to see that kind of go go the movie route um so ho hopefully a tie in there but um yeah season two is possible i guess we've talked a lot about this but i do want to get your thoughts on just future of mcu in general what you're most <laughs> excited for maybe what you're least excited for yeah definitely i'm without a doubt i'm the most excited for spider-man no way home you know that's like right. i said spider-man that's, uh, that's my boy and you know, all these ridiculous rumors flying around yeah. about what the hell is going to happen in the movie is is so fun to deal with. And so, so uh, just like enticing to me of what, like, what do you what think is going to happen? happen? 
Do you think they're going to actually have all these multiverse Spider-Men and do like an Into the Spider-Verse, but live action kind of thing? No, I think it's going to be a mix. I think we're going to get, I think we're going to get some like plot device, like moving forward with the other Spider-Men, but I don't think that's where the movie as a whole is going. Like, I don't think that's the, the main course of action for the movie. I think we're still going to stick to Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've been saying it, I've been saying it ever since, you know, it got announced. Don't put a trailer out there with any other characters other than Tom Holland. Like, yes. don't ruin anything. Because when I walk in that movie theater at the end of the year and I sit down and fucking Tommy McGuire shows up on that screen, <laughs> I'm going to crap my pants. Like, don't yes. ruin that in a trailer. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, so, I, yeah, totally excited for Spider-Man. Um, I think Loki's going to be dynamite as well. I think least excited for, and I, and I tweet this a lot. I feel like people are going to start to hate me, but least excited for Hawkeye. I've just never been a Hawkeye guy. So it's just not my jam. I think that might surprise you. I'm excited because I think Kate Bishop is going to be the key that really kicks off the young Avengers thing. So I think that will be a, at least a sub storyline that will keep that show going. And I think Jeremy Renner is awesome and hasn't gotten a ton of love and he had that small scene in Endgame where he's Ronin. Yeah. And I'm wondering if he's going to have this cool, like, training thing with Haley Steinfeld, who's playing Kate Bishop in that show. And she might end up being good with the bow and good with swords and knives because he is now so skilled that he might be a cool mentor. So I actually have high hopes for that. that. Yeah, um, I can see that. I'm really looking forward to What If, the animated series. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's going to be really interesting to see it's such a play on like all these fan theories, right? Because you can do some of them in that show without having to impact the actual main storyline, but yeah. people still get to see all the things unfold in front of their eyes. So I'm really excited for that. Also a couple of days ago, they announced Russell Crowe is going to be Zeus mm-hmm. in Thor love and thunder. Crazy. Oh man. And that makes me wonder is Hercules coming? I guess so. I, I guess I, I, I would think so. Why would you have Zeus if you're not going to bring Hercules in? It's going to get know, crazy. My, my mind automatically goes to, okay, we'll get a Hercules post-credit scene, right? Like this, this yeah. is, it's, everything's a building block. You just have to view it as, as a building block. And that's where my mind goes. Um, I'm pro like Russell Crowe playing Zeus. That sounds fantastic. Yeah, and, uh, and, and love and thunder is, is going to be ridiculous. I mean, there's set photos out there showing Natalie Portman just absolutely jacked. So Yoked. I, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. And, and speaking of casting like secret invasion, they just casted Amelia Clark and Olivia Coleman. bananas. How are Ooh. you like the fact that you can get these caliber actresses and actors for a streaming show with Samuel L. Jackson, like we're not even talking about the fact that we have Samuel L. Jackson <laughs> and Ben Mendelsohn. That's insane to me. I talked about this in my Oscar episode. Speaking of Olivia Coleman, before you mentioned that you like the movie Memento, have you seen The Father? I have not. That is one you of two should. best picture nominations I haven't seen. You mentioned that you like this time warpy kind of stuff. Watch that movie. You'll really like I, it. But I mentioned yeah. it because Olivia Coleman was in that. And you're right. It's this crazy thing where shows are becoming more and more stacked. The casts are like so wide and deep and Marvel thankfully is no exception. In fact, everyone wants to work for them. So it's like, I don't know how that ever peaks because they already have all the superstars in the world. Yeah. But man, I'm pumped for everything they have coming out. Another one is Eternals. Um, Eternals is going to be super sweet. I love the fact that we don't 
basically know nothing like yes like that i mean we can assume it's it's in the you know in the vein of of chathon and that entire cosmic realm yes i think once we get eternals i think the page turns for the for the mcu in terms of cosmic and magic and all of these things that's the big opener like door opener to say there is so much more than just space or like just the galaxy just what we've seen so far it's an incredible uh, building opportunity it's crazy that there's still 25 movies and shows later and they're still just building upwards and further (laughs) out it's like how are they ever going to get to all this i just hope that they do man really crazy I do want to wrap up. Thank you for coming on. I am a big fan of the podcast. Listen to it. I'll put the links in the description. And I saw you're on Twitch now. Yeah, man, I am on Twitch. I did a live uh, live podcast last night, actually, uh, with cool. with a, a few fans of the the show. Uh, you know, Twitch.tv backslash Fifteen Minutes of Marvel, and uh, and that was a blast. I just got on there for an hour and and drank beer and talked Marvel. So that was a, Dude, a really good time. That's a really cool idea. Maybe in the future we can figure out how to do one together because I think that's the live aspect of it is really fun. And Twitch is something I've always been intrigued by. And I I want there to be more like talk show kind of things on there. And it seems like they're going down that road. Yeah, dude, let's let's figure it out. That would be a blast. And and you know, I did it live because the show came out today and I just wanted to talk to people about what they thought was going on. And uh and, you know, my show is only 15 minutes. I don't get the chance to talk about right. everything. So I feel like that's a good platform. Uh, yeah, dude, book it. We'll, we'll link up and, and twitch it up. Sounds good, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on. This was super fun. We'll have to do it again in some capacity, whatever we do it on. But uh, thank you. Yeah. This was great. Thank you so much for having me, man. I, I had a blast. You know, every week I have a great time doing this podcast. We have a lot of fun, and then I realized that I forgot that I meant to say something during the pod and never got to it. And this week's no different. It was Daniel Brule as Zemo. We didn't get to talk about him a ton, I guess mostly because he wasn't featured in this episode, aside from his Alfred guy uh, blowing stuff up, which was really cool, actually. But in any case, Daniel Brühl was just unbelievable as this character. I'm glad they brought him back. One of the best Marvel villains for my money that they've ever had in the MCU. And I really enjoyed him in this series. He brought a lot to the table. Even like the head tilt joke was just so funny. There were so many scenes with him where he brings this quiet, menacing energy to the table. And he's not a villain, but he's not a hero. And we got to see Zemo with the mask. And we got to realize that he actually is a Baron. And there was just so much backstory there. It was really cool. Anyway, thanks so much to Ethan for coming on and doing this with me. I had a blast. Follow him on social media. Subscribe to his podcast, 15 Minutes of Marvel. I'll have all the links in the description for you, so click those and do whatever you will with them. But it's a good podcast. comes out twice a week, like I said, and uh, I'm a fan personally. Next week, we're going to do first video game episode, but also kind of a movie episode, and it's going to revolve around Mortal Kombat. The new movie just came out. And the old movies are interesting and fun. I love them. And I want to talk about the games, too. We'll have a guest for that one as well. So that about wraps up episode 10, unless you've listened all the way till the very end, in which case you're a true homie, and I owe it to you to give you a secret code word, which you can post on social media and let everybody know that you're really one of the true ones out there. And this week, I guess the code word is going to be 15 for 15 minutes of Marvel. So thanks again to Ethan, and thank you for listening, and I'll see you next week. Peace out.